There is a word that I believe to be of particular relevance to you all as you are preparing to embark upon your fast. And this word comes to us from Psalm 63, the 63rd Psalm. Would you please stand in honor of the word of God as I read therefrom. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. It is my intention that you get off to a fast start. Amen. Amen. And we at the Temple of Faith have also engaged in this Daniel fast effort. And I believe that there is a word that is pregnant with power and poignance. The Bible says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice my soul follows close behind you your right hand upholds me but those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth they shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of our God. I'd like to talk about falling in love with God. Falling in love with God. Have you ever been in love before? Because if you have lived as long as me or half as long as me. You have most assuredly been in love before. And when you were in love, 
with that special someone. It seemed as if they were the only person that you could think of. Have you ever been in love before? Because when you're in love, you can talk on the phone for hours unendingly and seemingly lose sight of the construct of time. Have you ever been in love before? I've been in love and there's nothing sweet as being in love with the right person. Because when you fall in love with the wrong person, it might feel right to you, but it's not right for you. Because I've been in love with the wrong person, just like I'm in love right now with the right person. Can I get a witness? And what better person to fall in love with than God himself? Because we as Christians are to cultivate a personal, intimate love relationship with our God. God has not called us to be religious. He has called us to have a personal relationship with him. The problem in the church is that too many of us know about God, but not enough of us know God for ourselves. Can I get a witness up in here? And I'm wondering if there's someone under the sound of my voice who knows God, who has a personal relationship with the Lord. Have I got a witness in here? Someone who has tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Not simply that he does good for you, and does good to you, but he is intrinsically good. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing, know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he who hath made us, and not we ourselves, we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is he is good and we are to love him and fall more deeply in love with him every single day. But 
For many of us, the soundtrack of our lives goes like this. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone away. But when we engage in the spiritual disciplines of fasting and prayer, somebody say fasting and prayer. A fast without prayer ain't nothing but a diet. Pastor Williams has not called upon you to go on a diet. He has called upon you under the leadership of the Holy Ghost to engage in a fast. And a biblical fast involves prayer. And prayer is simply talking to God. When is the last time you talk to the Lord? Because if you claim to love him, you got to talk to him. If you claim to love him, you got to spend time with him. Oh God, you are my God. Everybody say, my God. Now I know he's my God, but is he your God? Do you have a personal relationship with God? It says, early will I seek you. And if we really love God like we say we do, we should be willing to do three things. The first of which, we should be willing to seek him. Everybody say, seek him. It says, early will I seek you. Have I got a witness up in here? And to seek someone or to seek something with whom or with which you are in love, then you must make it a priority to spend time with that person. Am I right about it? It says early. And so many of us, we wake up and we get our coffee before we see Christ. Help me somebody. We wake up and we turn the TV set on before we have had ample time to talk with the Lord. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And I remember, beloved, the first time I really dug into this particular text, it actually sounded a little bit like Luther Vandross or Brian McKnight because this is love language. And don't you know that we are to have a love relationship with God that goes beyond any love relationship that we have with one another? Early will I seek you, my soul thirst for you, in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. That bespeaks of a desert. And King David, if you study this text, you'll find out 
that David was on the run from his enemies and he was in the wilderness, a desert-like situation. And how many of you know that it's dry in a desert? It's desolate in a desert. But how many of you know that not only do we have physical deserts, but we also have spiritual and emotional deserts. And perhaps I'm preaching to someone here tonight who is in the middle of a desert-like situation. And a desert-like situation is such that you can't get any water. You can't get any fulfillment. You don't feel fruitful. You don't feel productive. You're not fulfilling your dreams for your life. But how many of you know that Jesus can give you water in your desert? Am I right about it? Is there anybody here that knows that just a little talk with Jesus will make it all right? He says, I'll be your water when you're thirsty. I'll be your bread when you're hungry. Have I got a witness up in here who knows that Jesus specializes in showing up in your desert situation? Oh yes, he will. In the midst of your trial, he will show up. In the midst of your test, he will show up. And when he shows up, he will show out. He'll show out his grace and he'll show out his mercy. He'll show out his peace that surpasses all human understanding. And some folk wonder why or how you can shout based upon what you're going through right now in your life. You can shout because you know that God is still seated on his throne. Come hell or high water, you can say, I will bless the Lord at all times. I'll bless him on the mountaintop. I'll bless him in the valley low. I'll bless him in the desert. Is there anybody here who has a crazy praise? See, anybody can praise God huh, when you're in a watery situation. Huh, but wait till you get into a desert. Huh, wait till you get into a jam. Huh, wait till you get into a hole of despair. Huh, do you have the capacity to give God thanks, huh, to give God praise, huh, even in the midst of your famine? Even in the midst of your dry season. And for those of you who are about to embark upon your first fast, let me warn you. You are about to enter a desert. But the good news the flip side of that equation is simply that there is destiny in your desert. God has a purpose for you abstaining from certain foods. Because see, when you abstain from certain foods, you recognize that ultimately God is your food. And God gives you sustenance. And it was not the coffee that woke you up this morning. It was God. It wasn't the Folgers in your cup. It was not the Coca-Cola in your glass. 
but it was the Lord God Almighty who woke you up this morning and clothed you in your right mind and gave you the activity of your limbs. It was God. And we should be willing to seek after him, to pant. The psalmist says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after you. Oh, I remember the first time I saw our baby Katie walking. She was walking with a purpose walking with a destiny and every time I would come home and she would hear my voice and she would hear my footsteps she would immediately run to the door to greet her daddy and that is a beautiful picture of how we are to approach God. When we hear his voice, when we hear his footsteps, we are to pant after the Lord. We are to eagerly enter into his presence with thanksgiving. And she just calls me daddy. And God is our Abba Father. Am I right about it? How many of you know that even though God is the ultimate, awesome, transcendent God, God is so high you can't get over him, so low you can't get under him, so wide you can't get around him. Even though God is that big, he gives you and I the opportunity to spend time with him. My flesh longs for you see the problem with us as christians when we're not engaging intentionally in fasting and prayer we start longing after the wrong things we start lusting after someone who does not belong to us we start going to certain websites that we, oh, Lord, have mercy. I didn't know I was going to go there. We start going on to certain websites that we ought not go on to. We start hanging out at certain places. But when we are cultivating our love relationship with God, we pant after him. We long after him. So we should be willing to seek him, number one. Number two, we should be willing to praise him. So I have looked for you, verse 2 says, in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Now let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever come to church depressed before? How many of you have ever come to church saying, I hope the preacher has something for me. I hope the choir has something for me. I hope somebody got something for me because if nobody has anything for me, I am about to clock out. 
Now, I, listen, I'm not preaching to religious folk. I'm, I'm preaching to some real people who are not afraid to admit that you came to the sanctuary looking to have a personal encounter with God. That's why I don't play church. I want to have church. And when you understand the New Testament understanding of the word sanctuary, you will realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you, listen, you can have church all by yourself. You can praise the Lord all by yourself. Have you ever been at the ironing board and you thought about the goodness of Jesus and all that he had done for you? You didn't have to wait until Sunday morning at 11 o'clock to get your praise on because Jesus love just bubbles over in my soul have I got a witness up in here how many of you ever shouted and that's not your normal way of going about worship but you shouted because the Holy Spirit was dealing with you Give God a shout in praise. And I know some of us are sophisticated in our Christianity and we say it don't take all that. Well, how do you know what it takes for me to get into the presence of God? Yeah, I know that God is everywhere at the same time, but God is not in everything. Have I got a witness up in here? And how many of you are just like me? You long to get into his presence. Because in his presence, uh, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is peace. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds by Christ Jesus. He will keep your mind in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him and when your mind is stayed on him you can't help but give him the praise you can't help but give him the glory you can't help but worship his awesome name oh lord our lord how majestic is your name in all Because when I think about him, I have to think about him. No, that went over your head. I said when I think, when I meditate, when I dwell, when I resonate, when I ruminate on the goodness of God, I've got to break out and give him thanks. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see, not the preacher, to see, not the choir, to see, not the ushers, but to see your power and your glory because worship ain't about you. 
and worship ain't about me worship is all about God and if you know what color the preacher is wearing in terms of his socks then maybe your maybe your focus is not on the right thing Because your loving kindness, verse 3 says, is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will. That's a decision. That's a volitional word. Thus I will. Say I will. I will bless you while I live. Maybe the last time. I don't know. But I'm going to praise him right now. As if it were my last time. Because I am to praise him while I live. If you're sucking up God's air. And you got blood running warm through your veins. You ought to give him some praise. And don't come up in here like you doing God a favor. God did you a favor for waking you up this morning. God did you a favor by saving your soul from a burning hell. Verse 6, when I remember you on my bed, who or what do you think about while you're on your bed? Because a bed bespeaks, Brother Carter, of the most intimate place in your household. That's an intimate place. So that means that David had enough good sense to invite God into his bedroom. Lord have mercy. And every child of God ought to say come on Jesus come on in the living room come on Jesus walk down the hall come on Jesus come into the family room but don't stop there come on in the bedroom but unfortunately many of us only give God limited access to our lives and either he is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all when I remember you on my bed I meditate on you in the night watches have you ever had a sleepless night where you had to cry yourself to sleep you were dealing with your own demons, dealing with your own despondency. God can meet you right there. Yes, he will. And I know I got five folk who can testify that God will meet you right there. Number three, not only should we be willing to seek him, should we be willing to praise him? But we should be willing in closing 
to trust him. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I will trust in the Lord. Now, now you got to say it one more time like you really mean it. Say, neighbor, I will trust in the Lord. Now, you need to be just like David because, see, David couldn't always figure God out. He was certainly not a perfect person. But he was willing at some level to trust him. And how many of you love the Lord so much that you are willing to trust him with your very life? And you know what needs to happen during this fast? You need to throw up the white flag of surrender and say, God, I surrender all. All to thee I freely give. You need to throw out the white flag. Give over the reins of your life. I get so sick of seeing this old bumper sticker, God co-pilot. If God is your co-pilot, you are riding in the wrong seat. God ought to have the steering wheel. He ought to be the only one with control over your life. You ought to be glad just to be around for the ride. Because it ain't your car. It's God's car. And the gas is the Holy Ghost. And Jesus is your company keeper. Can I get a witness up in here? We should be willing to trust him. Notice what it says. Verse 7 says, because you have been my help. Therefore, say therefore. Mm -hmm. In the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. In other words, what David was doing in this desert-like condition is he was reflecting on what God had already. Lord, have mercy. Somebody shout already. He was reflecting on the fact that God had been his help in times past. Is there anybody here who's old enough to say, down through the years, God's been good to me? Can I get one witness up in here who knows that God had been your help in ages past? Is there anybody here who knows if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, where? I know you looking nice. I know you driving nice. But if it had not been for God who was on your side, you would have lost your mind. You would be at Central State Hospital. Can I get a witness up in here? But God made a way out of no way. Won't he do it? So you ought to trust God. Based upon what he has already done in your life. Did he wake you up yesterday? Did he start you on your way yesterday? Did he keep you from that car accident? Did he prevent that bullet from hitting you? Then you ought to give God your full trust based upon his track record. How many of you know that God has a great resume? 
Can I get a witness up in here? Whenever you apply for a job, you better have a good resume. Well, God, the infinite God, who sits high, but he looks low, he's got a sweet resume. Can I get a witness up in here? He woke you up this morning. That's on his resume. He started you on your way. That's on his resume. He saved your soul from a burning hell. That's on his resume. He's got the whole world in his hands. That's on his resume. He hung the stars in their sockets without the use of Velcro. That's on his Righteous, resplendent resume. Because, David says, you have been, past tense, my help. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help. Verse 8, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Brother Maceo, follow me right now. My soul, come on, come on, come on. My soul follows close behind you. No, no, you're not close enough. My soul follows close behind you. We may have to take a dip sometime and dodge some stuff on the left side and on the right side. But my soul is following close behind you. Close to thee, Jesus. Close to thee. Just let me ride on your coattails. Help me to trust you when I can't trace you. Help me to trust you when I can't figure you out. And maybe there's someone here tonight, you've been believing God for a breakthrough, and you can't see how he's going to do it. But the question is not how. The question is will. And the answer is yes. Don't get so hung up in the how that you miss the will. We should be willing to trust him as I hurried in my clothes in two circumstances to which David makes reference in our text. When haters are trying to destroy us, and when talkers are trying to defame us. I'm talking to church folk tonight, right? Well, it's in the text. Because verses 9 and following say this. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. In the church, if you ain't catching hell, you might be the one raising it. Because any Christian in the church, or so-called Christian in quotes, 
who are trying to destroy the man of God, the people of God, and the church of God, there is a problem. Because Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. It ain't Jamal's church. It ain't Maceo's church. It ain't Bowman's church. But it's God's church. So when you put your hand on God's man or God's church, you are putting your hand on God. And God guaranteed his man, David, that when haters are trying to destroy you and you trust in me, I got your back. Not with a nine millimeter, but I got your back. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard and that standard is his word and his word says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked even my enemies came upon me to eat up my flesh they When haters are trying to destroy us, and then when talkers, everybody say talkers. Talkers are trying to defame us. Look at verse 11. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped and as I go to my clothes Forest Baptist Church you stand on the precipice of great potential you stand on the precipice of great possibility God has given you a great man of God God has given you a great pastor God has given you a pastor who has a heart for the Lord God has given you a pastor who has a love for the Lord. God has given you a pastor who has a love for lost souls. God has given you not a jackleg preacher. Not a chicken foot preacher. Not a pig's feet preacher. Not a pimp preacher. But God has given you a man of integrity. So why don't you follow him as he follows Christ? Because ultimately you're not just following him. You're following the Lord. And when you fall in love with the Lord, you've got to seek him. When you fall in love with the Lord, you've got to praise him. And when you fall in love with the Lord, you've got to trust him with all that you got. you got to trust him even when you can't see your ends meeting. you got to trust him even though it don't look good. you got to trust him even though you don't feel good. you got to trust him. 
And it is only in the desert that you really learn how to trust him. Can I be transparent for a second? This has been an exceedingly tough season for the temple of faith. But you know what? I've made up in my mind. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. I don't care what the offering receipt says on Sunday. I know what the word of God says. That if we would trust him, he would make a way out of no way. I'm going to trust him. Mama may not trust him. Daddy may not trust him. But you got to trust him. Even when the popular opinion of your church says otherwise. Remember, there were two groups that went to spy out the land. The majority of the church folk in Israel, they went out and they said, oh, they got some giants. In the, yeah, we know, the, we know the land is flowing with milk and honey, but, but we can't lick those giants. But then Joshua and Caleb, they stepped into the land and they didn't have the same perspective of most of the church folk. Joshua and Caleb said, yes, the land is flowing with milk and honey and we can possess it in the name of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I don't see the giant as being too big to hit. I see the giant as being too big to miss. Because like David, I got a rock in my hand. But it's not a regular rock. It's Jesus. He's the rock in a weary land. And if you trust him. He'll come through. But as we stand to our feet, it's all right, Pastor. We don't need any music right now. This is not a traditional church service. The problem with us is that sometimes we're too churchy. Pastor Williams didn't do the churchy thing by having you break off into groups of three and pray because there are a lot of undercover Christians, secret agents for God, and they're afraid to pray in public, but guess what? You're not praying to people. You're praying to God. You're not praying to impress people. You're praying to impress God. God is more impressed by a prayer in broken English that is given from the heart than he is with a prayer that's given with the eloquence of a Pharisee. And so as you engage in this season of fasting and prayer, one of the main reasons, and really the main reason, 
why Pastor Williams is facilitating this is because he has a heart for lost souls. Because we don't fast and pray simply because we want to show everybody that we're a super saint. We don't want to fast and pray just to lose weight and get into that dress we used to wear or that suit we used to look good in. We fast so that our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is. That's why we fast. That's why we pray. And part of God's kingdom being realized on earth as it is in heaven is the saving of lost souls. Do not be satisfied. Do not be satisfied with the same church folk you've seen all your life here at Forest. There is a world outside of these doors that is literally going to hell. Are we satisfied just to come and play preacher, play usher, play choir member, and forget about lost souls even in our family? Some of us are afraid to share the gospel with family members because they knew us back when. Well, that's the exact reason why you should share. Because they knew you back when, and if your faith is authentic, they've seen some semblance of change in you. But this change is available to everyone. Paul says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What better way to begin this season of fasting and praying than to invite someone in the house tonight who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior to get to know him. Admit that you're a sinner, that your sin separates you from God. Believe that Jesus Christ, not 